0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of I'm So Glad You Brought That Up. How are you doing Morgan? I'm doing well. How are you Haley? I am good. I am good. It is a Sunday night and I am ready to record. Really? I'm so excited for this episode. Yeah. Um, we are just going to jump right in, I think, because this is a very large, dense episode. Um, so we kind of talked and we were like, I don't even think we really need to do pop culture news. Like nothing has really even been happening besides like the award circuit and the Oscar noms that came out um, this past week. So that is what our topic is going to be about today. Um, we're going to kind of discuss the main like big categories of the nominations and then we are going to kind of jump into a lot of research that we have done on the academy how the academy works the voting process
1: I (laughs) spent so much time up in these bylaws trying to understand how it how it works it's a very research dense episode but I think at least when I like pitched this idea to Haley, I wanted it to kind of serve as like, for people who might not be super familiar with the award season, like either one of us, um, and you had just been hearing a lot of news about it, especially this year, um, and you're confused, you want to know more about it, um, that this could just kind of serve as like a nice, mm-hmm. as nice and neat as possible of a like, totally. introduction to the Academy. Definitely.
0: And I will say, as someone who makes award season their whole personality uh, <laughs> when the time comes, like I I thought I knew a lot about the voting process and you know, kind of how the whole system worked. I mean, I've done research on it before just to kind of get a better understanding of, you know, how how it all goes down, especially because I mean, we'll get here, but there's big snubs every year and just to kind of learn the process of like how how are these categories actually chosen, who are they chosen by, what are the rules, etc. So we're just going to kind of be talking about all of that today. But first, we're going to start um, just kind of giving our off-the-bat thoughts on some of the big categories that were announced this past Tuesday. So first, actor in a leading role. Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti for the Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Do you have any thoughts?
1: Um, I was surprised Bradley Cooper got nominated. I have not seen uh Maestro myself, but my mom watched it and I've heard a lot about it in the Zeitgeist, and no one that I have heard talk about it has been particularly blown away by it. Um <laughs> congratulations to Bradley Cooper for being nominated I guess that's big for him but
0: I am like on the Bradley Cooper hate train this season for some (laughs) reason and like I don't know where all of a sudden this beef with Bradley Cooper came from I just think because there's so many other people who I think should have been nominated instead of him and I've literally only heard bad things about maestro I've only heard bad things. I did hear though, my brother watched it and he said that Bradley Cooper trained for six years to learn yes. how to be a conductor. That's what I
1: heard as well. And I've heard that um, um, Carrie Mulligan kind of slays. Yeah. Even though like her character is a pretty, I guess in comparison to Bradley Cooper's, a pretty
0: minimal role
1: um I've heard she does a really good job with the amount of time that she's on screen
0: yeah I will say um I just recently watched the holdovers and Oppenheimer for the first time I'm planning to watch American fiction tonight so I will keep you updated on my thoughts on that um I think Killian is an obvious shoe in for this but personally I would live die and breathe to see Paul Giamatti win it <laughs> like I would love to see that happen the holdovers was excellent
1: yeah, I've heard a lot of really really good things about The Holdovers. I definitely want to watch it. Um, cuz I haven't seen any of the movies in this particular category. I've seen others in the other different categories, but <clears throat> definitely I think it's an interesting lineup this year. Running yeah. running the gamut of acting styles and, definitely. Chops and stuff like that. Definitely
0: would you like to get into actor in a supporting role? Yes, I will. So uh,
1: first up is Sterling K. Brown for American fiction. Um, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, which I think we predicted in a a past episode. (laughs) Uh, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, uh, and Mark Ruffalo for uh, Poor Things which I love Mark Ruffalo would love to see that that sweet little man win I I just love him so much <laughs> I have
0: such a soft spot for him yeah I think this category is pretty solid all of these performances I I was expecting to see in this particular category again I haven't seen American fiction so seeing Sterling K, seeing Sterling K. Brown up there was a lovely surprise I love that man so much um but if I had to partake- Predict who is going to take this one it's probably robert downey jr for oppenheimer just based on the other award shows like the golden globes and the critics choice and everything he seems to be the popular performance um a little upset that we did not get leonardo dicaprio for killers of the flower moon a little upset about
1: that i haven't seen the movie but i was definitely surprised that he wasn't nominated
0: yeah and i think this uh this particular category just has to do again with the what we will be getting into later with um how the academy just nominates the same old white men regardless of performances not saying that robert de niro did not give a great performance he really did i thought he was incredible but like just the comparison you know what i'm saying um anyway let's get into actress in a leading role this category has Annette Bening for Nyad, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. Thoughts? I wonder who's
1: missing from this category, <laughs> as if it hasn't been the talk of the cultural zeitgeist literally since nominations dropped. Mm-hmm. I That aside, because I think we're also going to get into our individual thoughts about Margot Robbie not being nominated for this um, a little later on, I think I'm really excited to see Lily Gladstone nominated, um, first um, Native American woman nominated for an Academy Award, which is very exciting. And I'm very excited for Emma Stone. Very excited for Emma Stone.
0: I think Lily and Emma are the definite two front runners for this category. Truly, I think it could go could go either way based on who has been winning this award season. I'm pulling for my girl Lily. Like I'm pulling for Lily Gladstone 100%. Killers of the Flower Moon was life-changing and her performance was absolutely everything. Like you know it's good when your parents watch a movie and they're like, "Was that was Lily Gladstone nominated because she was so good?" Like That's when you know it's good. That's when you you know it's really solid. And I just love her so much. And I hope she wins an Oscar. (laughs) Have you heard anything about
1: NIAD? I've literally, like, I've not heard a single thing about it. I didn't even know it existed.
0: Nope. Uh, The only reason I knew it was a thing is because Jodie Foster is in it. And so I saw Jodie Foster doing, like, press for it. But I had no idea what it was before that.
1: When I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so honest. When I first, because I don't, I don't think I saw the title of the film like next to any actor's name. I thought it was a joke about Niada, the made up, uh, um, Glee.
0: from Glee. <laughs> so true, that's hysterical. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, I think this this category is pretty solid amongst um some very obvious snubs, but we'll get there. <laughs>
1: But lead actors in a supporting role, I think, is a, a really good category this year. Um, Emily Blunt nominated for Oppenheimer, Daniel Brooks for The Color Purple, America Ferreira for Barbie, Jodie Foster for Naya, and Devine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. I'm I'm excited for this category. I think this is a really, like, I think it's just a really strong category. I've heard so many good things about, uh, Devine Joy Randolph, Mm -hmm. and obviously America First, Slade and Barbie, um, Mm -hmm. Emily Blunt. I think this is her first time being nominated for an Academy award, I think. Um, and I heard her performance was just like killer and Oppenheimer. I unfortunately, I did not get to see the color purple. I love the color purple as a musical. So I'm very excited to see some representation for it here, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I just, I can't speak to her performance. Yeah. And again, Nyad, I, I hate to say oh, it, I don't know who this man is. <laughs> like...
0: um, Personally, in this category, I will be pulling for Devine Joy Randolph. She slayed in the holdovers, like absolutely. And she 100% deserves it. Emily Blunt was also amazing in Oppenheimer. So again, I think it could go to seriously anybody in this category. Obviously, America Ferreira was amazing in Barbie. I haven't seen The Color Purple yet, but I did watch Danielle Brooks in Orange is the New Black, so I know that she's an incredible actress, so, like, genuinely any of the, it could go to absolutely anyone in this category. Honestly, I think, like, of all these categories, that's the one I'm most excited to see. Yeah. No, definitely. It's solid. It's a really solid category, so, yeah. So, let's get into directors. (laughs) Um for directing justin justine triette for anatomy of a fall martin scorsese for killers of the flower moon christopher nolan for oppenheimer yorgos lantimos for poor things and jonathan glazer for the zone of interest and what do you think about this category Haley? um i obviously have some thoughts but again we're going to get into the snubs later on um Obviously, I'm always excited to see a woman nominated for Best Director. There's only one of them, but still really excited to see a woman nonetheless. Um, I think the obvious shoe in is Christopher Nolan. I think this is his eighth time being nominated for an Oscar, and he's never won. Oh, wow. So, he's never
1: won. Wow. I didn't know that. I Like, truthfully, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, I... W- don't quote me on how many, but I believe this is number eight and he's never won. So I think it's just his time. Um, Obviously, Oppenheimer was like one of the biggest movies this year and it was an incredible movie. So I would absolutely not be mad to see truly any of these films win for Best Directing. Um, However, I just think it's a little bit interesting that three of the Best Picture nominees were nominated or were directed by women and we only see one woman in this category. So... A, a little, little bit disappointing. disappointing. Something to think about. Something to think about.
1: And so with that, we'll get into the Best Picture nominees, which I think we'll touch on this later in the episode, but just to say it now, there are going to be more nominees for Best Picture than for the rest of the categories. They allow more nominees for this one. Um, So there's 10. Mm-hmm. So it's American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, maestro oppenheimer past lives poor things and the zone of interest and i know you are very excited to see past lives oh my god
0: i literally i screamed when this was nominated for best picture i truly did and i am not ashamed to say that i loved past lives like truly still think about it every day this movie like is my roman empire um The way that it affected me, like on a deeply personal level, is just something that I can't even explain. And so seeing this in the best picture category is, it is one of, it deserves it so much. Like, I am just so happy to see it up there.
1: Yeah, I think we see a lot of really good films in this category. Um, Lots of great achievement across all of them, I think, especially so far um an award season but again yeah like three of the best picture nominees directors were women and it's it's frustrating and it's sad not to see them uh represented in that category I think if I had to choose just based off of what I've heard maybe not necessarily what I've seen um Oppenheimer I think it has a really really strong case mm-hmm. um Killers of the Flower Moon does as well. Um, And I would really love to see, I think Poor Things is gonna kind of be like the sleeper, the kind of like, if they win, like unexpected surprise. I think I would love to see Barbie win, but this is such a tough category and just kind of knowing how the Academy operates, just, just going off of like pattern recognition there yeah, we go yeah. i don't think it'll I don't be think interesting the category to see.
0: that barbie is getting just personally yeah um, i i've only seen half of these i've seen five out of the ten movies so far i think what you were saying is spot on i since i haven't seen them all i'm i'm just gonna say oppenheimer is kind of a shoe and in my opinion just based on again academy preferences academy like the way that they usually do it um However, again, I would love to see Killers of the Flower Moon win. The Holdovers, I think people are sleeping on the Holdovers in a way where sometimes the Academy goes by the book and they nominate, like, a film. And sometimes they choose something that, like, really resonated with the hearts of the people. That they know the general public is going to be really happy with it winning. Which I think happened a couple years ago with CODA. That was definitely not, like an academy standard movie by any means but it like true the story resonated with people so deeply and i think that might happen with the holdovers um but we'll see but if we're just going by like what the academy usually likes to give awards to oppenheimer is an obvious shoe in i think yeah so oppenheimer has the most nominations this award season with 13 academy award academy award nominees uh, Poor Things has eleven. Killers of the Flower Moon has ten. Barbie has eight. Maestro has seven. American Fiction has five, and Anatomy of the Fall also has five. Which is, I mean, like thirteen nominations is a lot.
1: It's a lot, and I they. Don't, I- don't know how like what the most given to one film is off the top of my head I know I've like seen it talked about but I mean 13's really impressive and 11 for poor things as well I know I just said it might be like a sleeper hit obviously with like 11 nominations it cannot be that much of a sleeper
0: yeah. no I know um, what you mean though
1: but just like unexpected surprise, I guess. And again, maybe this is just my love of Mark Ruffalo coming through. Like I just, I love that man.
0: I know the story. I haven't seen it yet, but I know the story is like super funky and weird. So again, just going based off Academy preferences, I didn't necessarily think this was going to be something that was nominated for a lot or something that ends up winning a lot. But I think people will be surprised by how much poor th- by how many awards poor things takes home on the night of the Oscars. So.
1: Which very, I'm excited. I'm excited for the night of the Oscars. I always am. But I think this year in particular, maybe because there's so much buzz about it this year. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm so excited. You know, if there's one thing, because I know in past years, they've kind of talked about like award shows are dying. Not as many people are watching them anymore. They've got a lot of talk going on this year. So if Some of this was a ploy to get more people to watch, to get people interested. Consider myself sat, consider myself got. Right. (laughs) And like I always watch, but yeah, definitely more incentivized to watch this year. Totally.
0: Well, getting into the buzz and conversation surrounding these nominees, shall we get into snubs? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So um personally. I was shocked on the floor, leading up to the Oscar nominations even, of the lack of the Iron Claw that we were seeing in these categories. I remember saying, after I saw the Iron Claw a couple episodes ago, I was like, Zac Afron's getting the Oscar, no doubt. Like, they're gonna sweep. Zero nominations. <laughs> like, imagine my surprise. I think, unfortunately like
1: films that just come out later in the year never really get the same chance as like earlier in the year and um like summer blockbusters although historically summer blockbusters do tend to be underrepresented at the um at the oscars i think they still have a greater chance like i really expected boys in the boat to get nominated for something um maybe they received one of the i don't i don't Think I remember seeing it on any of the nominees, but or on any of the nominations, but see that was one that was definitely like Oscar bait-y to me. Because also Christmas, like a Christmas release, like that's another really big day for movies. So just like shocking that it
0: wasn't in it, but I just think it has to do with the timeline. So my that was my exact thought process until I saw all of the other films that were nominated. Poor Things came out around the same exact time as the Iron Claw. So did American Fiction. Oh okay. Uh, Never, mind. Are, yeah. <laughs> Never <laughs> mind then. But, but that was my exact thought process. I was like it came out like late December maybe that was why. I also heard that the Iron Claw wasn't really shown at many um, film festivals and that's usually where a lot of the voters will go to see the movies. Um, so I kind of thought maybe that was a reason like it just didn't get the necessary visibility but several of these movies came out late December so I... I don't know what missed the mark with voters, but this move, this film was like genuinely one of the best things I saw at the end of last year going into the this award season so I was, I was shocked. Um, so th- some other notable snubs that I was very upset about was no Greta Lee and best actress for um, past lives, and no Celine song for best director for past lives. I already said this movie like literally changed my life. So I was just really upset to see no recognition for them. Going along the same lines as that, Charles Melton in May, December ate it up. Ate I think it you up. also said that you definitely
1: like had him pegged as a
0: nominee. 100%, 100%. He's been kind of a hit or miss this award season. Like sometimes he's nominated, sometimes he's not. But he gave, like coming out of being in Riverdale and like having this be like your breakout star performance alongside Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore, and completely being able to hold your own in a movie with two of the most incredible actresses ever. Like he he was so good. He was so good. He surprised me like so pleasantly. And he just did so well in this movie. And I I really wish that we had seen him in in Best Supporting Actor. Um and then going along the same lines as that, I heard a lot of buzz about Rachel McAdams for Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. I was really shocked she wasn't nominated
1: because she did such an amazing job in that movie. I just don't think Miss Girl cared enough to campaign for it. You know, yeah, like I can see that. It's it's a pretty like, especially because it was a child, like a, like a kid's
0: right. movie, it- essentially. It also came out, like, pretty early on in 2023, so I think it just, again, was one of the ones that missed the mark, like, it just came out too early that people just kind of forgot it was there, unfortunately. And
1: I think also for Charles Melton, jumping back to that, like, the Riverdale reputation probably didn't help. If people didn't watch May, December, or, you know, some people might, like, I don't know, not think that he is worthy enough. yeah because of the Riverdale past, or maybe because it's so short after the Riverdale part of his career.
0: Who knows Who knows the semantics of that one? I don't know, but he should be very incredibly proud of himself. He gave a wonderful performance. Um, And then obviously we have to talk about Greta and Margot. I know you have some thoughts on this as well. I don't want to sit here and say like, I'm not upset. I was really upset when the nominations first came out. Like I loved this film i thought it like changed the course of cinema forever and it was a huge milestone for women to be able to show that they can make a billion dollar movie and still direct and produce a wonderful film so i really wish we first saw greta i wish she was in the best director category i'm so glad that she was nominated for adapted screenplay um but I just think the lack of women in the best category like truly says something. Same with Margot. I genuinely do not understand how you can nominate two of her co-stars and not the titular role of the film. Like it just doesn't really compute in my brain. Along with my initial thoughts of being really upset, the online discourse surrounding this is absurd. Like saying that this is like, a slap in the face to feminism and like no one understood the point of this movie if you're not going to nominate Greta and Margot like let's not negate America Ferreira and Ryan Gosling's performances I think they both gave incredible performances but I think at the end of the day what Margot and Greta specifically cared about was getting the movie recognized for the production of the film Um, Margot was a producer on this film and I think that's what she really cared about at the end of the day so I think the audience is a lot more hurt than she was (laughs) to be completely honest Um, I also think the people coming out of the woodwork being so upset about two white women not being nominated truly has something to say when Greta Lee's performance isn't being recognized Celine Song's performance isn't being recognized And I just think if we're going to be outraged about Greta and Margot, like we have to hold the same energy for people of color, like 99% of the cast of the color purple wasn't nominated like this happens year after year after year for people of color. So for people to be this upset about like two white women is just a little outrageous. That doesn't negate for me saying that I'm still upset about not seeing Greta and Margot in their respective categories. That's my opinion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I <clears throat> echo a lot of that, feel the same way. Also, just like in the world that we live in, there are bigger problems right. than award show nominations. And I think that's something else to keep in mind in all of this as well. Um, I alongside everything that you have just said, my like issue and I don't even really want to call it an issue I just think like the conversation that I want to be having surrounding this is talking about the fact that Breta, the director of the film and Margot the lead actress and titular character of the film are two driving forces of this movie the director and lead actor in any movie are the drive are the driving forces behind a movie And it just seems really silly to go, oh my God, this movie was so good. It changed cinema. It, you know, blew the cultural zeitgeist to pieces. Everything turned pink for the summer because of it. It's an amazing movie. It should be up for best movie of the year. surely none of that is because of the director and the the lead actress, titular character. And, you know, I think it's also important to say, you know, they're not saying despite them, you know, they're not saying, uh like they absolutely, those conversations might not have gone that way, but it looks a little silly. It looks a little silly to just say, surely they had nothing to do with it. And it would also still be just as baffling and just as backwards if K- Killian Murphy and Christopher Nolan were not nominated for Oppenheimer or your uh Yorgos and Emma Stone or Mark Ruffalo were not nominated for um for things. Like this, like just this combination of getting best film but not director or lead actor is just a little goofy, a little silly goofy to me. I think it shows some of the holes that are in the Academy's nomination and award system, which we will talk about further on. So I'm not gonna harp on it now. Um, But I also don't think we should overlook the historic shortcomings of the Academy when we're having this conversation either. It's just like another piece to consider.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I saw a film critic that I follow who was talking about this when nominations came out. And she was basically saying like, okay, so Barbie is good enough to nominate for best picture, but the women who created it are not good enough to nominate. Like what, what does that say about you at the end of the day? Like it just it doesn't compute.
1: Yeah. And I mean, obviously we're not gonna have solutions to these problems. That's it's a it's a larger conversation. It's a larger uh systemic issue within the academy as a whole. We are obviously not claiming to be like the be-all end-all of (laughs) cinema opinions, just trying to facilitate some fun, silly goofy podcast conversation about this quite buzzworthy award season as well I feel like that also needs to be said
0: and I also like as much as I love award season and film and pop culture and everything again like you said I also know that there are much larger issues happening in the world than a silly little award season or a silly little award show and like this is not the end-all be-all and also like Greta and Margo will be fine like they will be it will be just fine they will be okay they will be okay. So yeah. Well, let's get into the beef of this episode and kind of start discussing the Academy voting process and what the Academy is.
1: Yeah. So um one thing that I always thought before uh really getting into the meat and potatoes of this episode and the the research that we did. Is I was told at one point that to be in the Academy, you had to have previously won an Oscar. Learned in my research that it doesn't exactly work that way. Um, But also some people just don't know who or what the Academy is. And I think, you know, the name, you know, that it's the Academy Awards and the Oscars, you see it, but like, it's kind of, if you're not searching for it, you're not really going to learn a lot about it so the academy kind of exists um to recognize and celebrate all aspects of the film industry um and the diverse and talented people who make these movies and these films also it is uh worthy to know a lot of what we're going to be saying is pulled directly from the oscars website that's where we did the majority of our um info polling so take that take that for what you will um, the Academy also works to inspire young artists and wants to create opportunities for underrepresented communities um, to be able to be, take part in um, film as an industry. They also preserve film history. Uh, they have a museum and curate lots of different programs, and initiatives, initiatives talking about just the history of cinema as a whole and where cinema is gonna go in the future. Um, and I think they're just their final goal is connecting global audiences through their shared love of cinema which I think is like a nice neat little bow for that description of like who and what the academy is totally
0: so going into who and how does one become a member of this academy so basically the academy's membership process is by sponsorship not application so academy members have to sponsor candidates who are applying to be Academy members. Um, Candidates must be sponsored by two Academy members from the branch to which the candidate seeks admission. Um, So if they're seeking admission into the acting branch or the director's branch, et cetera. And additionally, Academy Award nominees are automatically considered for membership and do not require sponsors. So if you are nominated for an Oscar, then you automatically get considered to be a member. Nominees and sponsored candidates are reviewed by branch committees and are considered by the Academy's Board of Governors. The board is directly made up of Academy members who represent each branch. So again, actors, directors, cinematographers, etc. Each branch has different criteria on how potential Academy members are chosen. So, they all kind of have a different subset of rules um, for how their process goes. So, for actors to be considered for an invitation to the Academy, they must have a minimum of three theatrical film feature film credits, um, all of which are scripted roles, and one must have been within the last five years. So, all of which are a caliber that reflects the high standard standards of the Academy. They also have to have been nominated for an Oscar in one of the acting categories, or in the judgment of the actors branch executive committee, otherwise achieved unique distinction, they earned a special merit or made an outstanding contribution as a motion picture, picture actor. It's a little bit different for directors. Um, they must have a minimum of two directorial credits, one within the last 10 years, which reflects high standards of the Academy, and or have a directorial screen credit for a previously nominated film or have some other distinction so they all kind of operate based on different rules based on what branch you're applying for um and if you have received a nomination for an academy award before you're kind of already a shoe in to become a member
1: yeah and i pulled specifically uh actors and directors just because that's kind of what the focus of um this episode is, and also like the big four categories focus around those two things the most. Um, if you really care about how sound mixers are dominated or are, are chosen or anything like that, literally all of this information, literally anything anyone could ever want to know about the Oscars ever is cataloged on the website. And they have such such detailed documentation, which I never would have known until doing research for this episode.
0: And sound mixers and writers and cinematographers and everyone who makes a film are so very important to the career. They crew. are
1: so important and I love them and I love every single okay. one of them. If I could, I'd give them all a little forehead kiss. <laughs> right, exactly. Um so how does voting work? Two votes are cast, the nomination balloting and then the final balloting which is the which is, you know, the big deal who actually wins. Um, So most categories are nominated by the members of the corresponding branch. So that means actors are nominating actors, directors are nominating directors, editors nominating editors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But all members are eligible to vote for best picture. Um, So... There is a criteria films must meet to be eligible and all eligible films must be feature length, which is over 40 minutes long. They have to use specific cameras, have to run in specific major cities for up to a or, uh, for a week. Um, and this also means that movies that are picked up by streaming services still have to be able to show in select theaters. Um, if they want to be eligible for an Academy Award, film festivals also count um, if they're going straight to streaming. So like it can show at festivals and then it does have to play in any other theaters. It can just go straight to streaming. Um, this is a direct quote. Film festivals may provide films online through either a transactional paywall or press password protected entry, which which will not affect the film's eligibility for future Academy Awards." Qual- for future Academy qualification. The Academy will allow an exemption for those films that are released online through a festival's online platform, provided the filmmakers submit proof of inclusion in the festival. With these provisions, films will be expected to comply with all other elig- eligibility requirements for the 96th Academy Awards, which are the ones that are taking place this year. These, I'm, I'm sure these bylaws do not change much year by year, but you know, it's good to know. You know, if something has changed, if there's been, you know, an update or something new and unprecedented has happened that they need to update these laws, which is really good and really interesting to see how, like, well governed that this is in a way. (laughs) Um, So eligibility is contingent on those involved completing an Oscar submissions form and then all films submitted and released between January and December of 2023 that followed those previously stated guidelines were eligible to be nominated and also all of the voting happens online yes. and ballots are checked by certified public accountants i learned when i was doing this research which was very interesting you can find the name of the um like firm they use to certify right. their ballots if you so care but accountants
0: who would have expected (laughs) who would have thought accountants for the win (laughs) I, i did find a lot of this specific information very interesting because at first when i was reading like they have to be in theaters i was like well there's so many movies that are on streaming services that have been nominated for academy awards so seeing that little specific they can be in film festivals or yada 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 like i thought that was very interesting thing to include and probably part of the reason why these have to be updated every single year because media platforms are consistently changing so okay so let's get in to how can someone campaign for an Oscar we hear a lot about this during award season in particular of actors and directors and everybody campaigning for their Oscar so what exactly does that mean so campaigning is allowed, and there are certain guidelines provided by the Academy of how you can ethically campaign for your award. Guidelines nine pages. It is, is very long. <laughs> it's quite in-depth. It is
1: very long. And uh, like things that you would not expect to like be an issue or be a
0: problem or like need to be spoken to are, are in fact in that document, I promise. A hundred percent. They have to make sure, it's just one of those things where you have to make sure you say it so that it's written in a law document so people (laughs) people can't bend the rules. So, guidelines include how screeners are sent to members of the academy, what is and isn't allowed at in-person screening events, dinners, lunches, parties are not allowed, though non-excessive food and drink is allowed in an in-person screening event which what does that mean i don't know what is non-excessive food or drink (laughs) i'm guessing this means like they don't want a voter to get like excessively wasted to the point where they can't like thoroughly and like thoroughly think what they're watching um so it does so people can (laughs) come back and be like well this person was drunk when they were watching my movie so like is that why i didn't get nominated that's kind of where my mind is going it when it also
1: comes makes that. me wonder if it's one of those things. It's like, why does that exist? You know, it's like right. Like there has like to be an don't put on your head warnings for like plastic bags because like right. someone did that. It's like, did someone get
0: absolutely
1: shmammered at a screener yeah. event and just like ruin everything, like ruin the
0: fun? Right. Who knows? Right. So weird. Um, so anyway, and then only one hard copy mailing can be sent a week. And cannot include, like, autographs, please to watch the film, photographs or quotes of reviews. Letters also must be either standard letter size paper or postcards and cannot use cardstock. Again, so random. <laughs> like, which I guess, like...
1: Honestly, I don't even know. I, like, thought I had an intelligent thought behind that, and that just makes no sense. I mean, uh, what kind of paper it's on. Right.
0: Like, the autographs and, like, please to watch the film, those make sense because it's, like, that's a form of bribery, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like, you cannot do that. Um, But the cardstock... There had to, there has to be a reason there. There has to be a reason. It's it's giving, and I don't
1: know why it's giving. It's giving the scene in American Psycho when they're comparing business cards. Right. And they're like, oh, the, the subtle off-white coloring. Right. My God, it even has a monogram. Like, it's like, <laughs> that's what it's giving. And I don't know why. And it's hysterical to me. <laughs> um,
0: And then music, screenplays, and international films have their own set of guidelines for this specific... Um, campaigning agenda. Um, obviously, lobbying is expressly forbidden, um, cannot single out name or name other nominees in their campaign process. Um, so basically what the Academy is trying to do is trying to make this process as fair as possible and probably is trying to eliminate any allegations of bribery for votes. Um, It is the Academy's goal to ensure that the awards competition is conducted in a fair and ethical manner, according to them. Um, The Academy requires that that voting members of the Academy make their choices based solely on the artistic and technical merits of the eligible films and achievements. But how can we be sure that this really happens?
1: And again, like that language pulled directly
0: from yeah. the
1: overview page of the 95th Oscars regulations concerning the promotion of films eligible for the 95th Academy Awards issued by the Academy Motion Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences June 2022. but exactly. again do
0: is that really what happens? no <laughs> no that is not what happens. Just as much as they want to try to dot their eyes and cross their T's, at the end of the day, several of these academy members are only going to vote for their friends if their friends are eligible. That is just the way it goes. It is a so it is a sole and honor an honorary popularity contest, which again I bring up the point
1: that actors are (laughs) overgrown theater kids and award shows are
0: just gigantic cast parties thousand percent thousand percent like it's just such a double-edged sword because i do a lot of these stellar performers who have been up for award after award after award this is not me sitting here saying that they don't deserve to be nominated for the work that they do.
1: Absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm yeah,
0: absolutely. Give, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give the example of like Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese this year because they're both nominated. And they're they've both won and been nominated for several Academy Awards. They were both, they both did incredible work in Killers of the Flower Moon. But what negates their performance versus say a performances in The Iron Claw. That got nothing. It's because Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro have friends in (laughs) the Academy. They have friends who are Academy members. That's just true.
1: And also, I like to think about it this way. Again, this
0: is all alleged. Of course. This is all... specifically specifically this that what the conversation that we're having right now this is solely based on our opinions like everything else has been based on fact that we found on the academy's website us talking about the campaigning process is just our opinions of how we think it actually goes this is not no one is saying this is true whatsoever
1: yeah we are not the first people to have these conversations we are not the last people to have these conversations but at the end of the day This is just two girlies being silly, goofy, having a conversation about how the Oscars are run. Do we have a solution? No. Right. (laughs) I certainly don't have a solution. But also, I think about it this way, too. If you are an up-and-coming actor, if you are an up-and-coming director, if you are an up-and-coming anyone, and you know that working for a specific director would really help your career if... If you are a director who knows that having a certain actor in your film would really help your career, it's going to mean a lot if you can go up to them when you're mingling at an award show and you can say, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so sorry your movie didn't win. I voted for you Mm -hmm. or, you know, congratulations on your win. I voted for you. You know, I'm so excited about this body of work that will go a long way I'm sure I, it, it would make me feel great are you kidding me absolutely <laughs> and so it's just kind of to go back to it's an imperfect system it all kind of boils down to a popularity contest at the end of the day which mm-hmm. some can argue all of life is like that and again I'm just gonna state it again overgrown theater kids gigantic cast party <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: It's again, I just have so many conflicting opinions on this because while I don't want to take away from like what an achievement it is for someone to get nominated for an Oscar, huge achievement, we also have to acknowledge the flaws in the system, no matter how much they want to lay out every single way that the voting process works and all the ethical guidelines to make sure that their butts are covered on everything when those actors and when those directors get in a room and they're voting and and talking about what they think should be nominated that year they're just going to nominate their friends that's that's just what happens and specifically when we're talking about the best director category and why women are repeatedly passed over the main the majority of these directors who are a part of the academy branch are are white men because those are who have one best director years prior there have been three women who have one best director so imagine those three women like going to bat for these women directors year after year they're going their voices are going to not be as important it's it's just unfortunately what happens yeah it's it's an imperfect system and is it ever going to be perfect no
1: but and we'll t- we'll touch on this later in the episode too. like strides have been made change has happened and i think you know in a perfect world it would happen a lot faster it would happen a lot quicker there would be a lot more representation um but i think it's going to just be a slow a slow burn and we can call out what is um you know what is disproportionate what like by the numbers and by the facts is a, a huge um margin of men to women being nominated and winning p- white people versus people of color winning mm-hmm. and you can also still watch and you can still play you can play the game <laughs> um but yeah the fact that it's three women in a 95 going on 96 year history of the oscars that have won best director mm-hmm. like i just want to see more i just want to see more
0: yep yep and this year and specifically justine Triet is the only woman nominated obviously again in this category this year and she's only the eighth woman in history to ever be a, a female nominated for Best Director. Eight women. That's not even double digits. Like, are we kidding? It is I was wild. listening to a
1: podcast the other day and they were talking about how monumental it was for Catherine Bigelow to win for The Hurt Locker. Not only because she was the first woman director to win an Academy Award, which was in 2009 mm-hmm. 2000, or 2008, 2008 or 2009. Um, but also, she won against her ex-husband that year,
0: which oh, is amazing. A sleigh amazing. is such a thing. And another, I mean, sad to say, but another big achievement was that Chloe Zhao is the only woman of color to ever win Best Director for *Nomadland*. This was the ninety-third Oscar, so just a few years ago. But again, another huge. She was the only. She was the second woman to ever win best director and the only woman of color to ever win in this category a few years ago
1: i don't i don't remember exactly which oscars it was um and it could also, honestly be more than a few years ago time is not real um the hashtag oscars so white trended because so many um people of color were left out of the nominations um a really, I discovered this today and it was so fascinating for me to go through. So USC Annenberg um, has a project called The Inclusion List, and it talks about the breakdown of Oscar nominees and winners by gender and uh, gender and race and ethnicity. It's really thorough. Um, if you're a data nerd, I highly recommend you go through it. Um... And I really just loved going through their findings. They break down, I couldn't tell if it was all of the categories, but it was definitely most of them and included the the big four. Um, and the data does only go through 2023, but it is every Oscars from 1929 when they first happened to um, 2023. And it's just really interesting to look at. So in 2023, among all 13,253 Oscar nominees from 1929, 17% were women, less than 2% were women of color, and only 16% of Oscar winners were female. Uh, the first woman of color to ever win an Oscar was Hattie McDaniel in 1940, and she was um, Mammy in Gone with the Wind, and that was a huge big deal when that happened. Um, that's one of those pieces of like film buff lore that I've just like <laughs> held on to. Coach shows up in pub trivia all the time. Um, and then, uh, so that was talking about just like the gender breakdown, um, the race and ethnicity breakdown, um, in 2023, among, again, all 13,253 Oscar nominees from 1929, 6% were underrepresented. Um, and 6% of winners were underrepresented. Um, so researchers, uh, they show in their methodology, methodology, what they mean, um, by underrepresented is those who are black african-american hispanic latino asian american indian alaskan native native hawaiian pacific islander middle eastern north african or um, multiracial or multi-ethnic so they um give that uh explanation for how they are quantifying their data as well
0: love it that is very interesting i'll have to look at that doc
1: yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, also it's, uh, U- uh, University of Southern California, their Annenberg school of communication and journalism. So shout out communication and journalism. Period. Period.
0: <laughs> well, we wanted to leave this episode with some Academy good news. You know, there's always some, there's always some big leap or bound taken every award season. Um, specifically for women and people of color so again this year lily gladstone is the first native american actress to ever be nominated for an oscar i just i just love her i just love her and i'm rooting for her and she's just amazing and i'm so happy and proud of her i also saw that she won um most likely to win an oscar like in high school like she got that as her superlative wait (laughs) shut up that's so cute (laughs) yeah Oh my god, I love that! And I think she said in an interview like she's gonna be having a viewing party with like her theater group from high school. When she like the theater so group from her high school is gonna be like having a viewing party for the Oscars. So I'm just rooting. That for warms her. my heart. That I, warms I her so much. I just love her so much. And then, um, Parasite was the first non-English language movie to win Best Picture at the 92nd Academy Awards in 2020 this movie was so good have you seen parasite no it has recently got on my need to watch
1: list I just had someone recommend it to me I tend to kind of stay away from like thriller horror Mm -hmm. I think I thought it was gorier than it actually is yeah okay yeah I guess I just had it in my head that it was kind of gory um because I was having a conversation with a friend about it talking about um like kind of Tricky mind fucking movies in mm-hmm. the same vein as like Midsummer and yeah. Saltburn. And they were like, you need to watch Parasite.
0: So, yeah, it, 100%. It was, it's it very recently
1: gotten on my list.
0: It's very much in that same vein, for sure. For sure. It's incredible. I think I watched it like four times within the span of a week. I just loved it so oh, much. Oh, wow it was so good. Well, cuz I watched it with like my friends and then I was like, we need like family, we need to watch Parasite so we can all sit so you guys can understand like how incredible this movie was. And then I just watched it a couple more times before the actual Oscars, but absolutely yeah. amazing. So so good. Um definitely in the same realm as like Get Out, Jordan Peele type energy for sure. Um and then last year Michelle Yeoh was the first Asian Best Actress winner for Everything Everywhere All at Once. If there's one thing about you, you love that movie. I do love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. I was so happy with like seeing everything that Everything Everywhere All at Once won last year. I love Michelle Yeoh. I love Stephanie Hsu. I love Ki-ye That man is so precious. <laughs> He's so precious. <laughs> He's just, he's so sweet. He's just the sweetest little guy. I just, I loved that movie. And this was a huge accomplishment last year. So going along that same vein, we already talked about Chloe Zhao, but she was the first woman of color to receive the Best Director Award at the 93rd Oscars. And in 2020, 819 people were invited to join the Academy. 45% of invitees were women, down from 5% in 2019. And 36% were minorities, which was up 7% from 2019. So just some more stats there for you. Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a numbers
1: person. I love some data. I love a percent. I love a statistic. Um, numbers don't lie, man. Numbers don't lie. And it's it's encouraging to see stuff like that, you know, seeing that it's getting better. And I hope it continues to get better. I wish I could have found some more uh, cuz i mean 20 2019 2020 was 5 and 4 years ago ew gross I disgusting know, um <laughs> wish i could have found some more recent numbers for that but um hopefully
0: we'll see we'll see some upward mobility for the rest of this absolutely i mean like you said it seems to be getting better little by little every year at the end of the day like these award shows and just hollywood in general is like always consistently going to be a boys club unfortunately but it takes conversations like this and people who are willing to push the boundaries in the industry to change that so
1: absolutely absolutely
0: well I had a lot of fun talking Where about it I girl I mean again like I said the Oscars are like my favorite time of year regardless of the fact that sometimes they're a shit show. Uh, <laughs> But I love award season. I love talking about all of this. I love inevitably watching all of the movies and seeing who wins. And I'm rooting for my girls. I'm rooting for my girls. So yeah.
1: You all were able to learn a little something at what I have lovingly
0: dubbed the Academy Academy. (laughs) So funny. Um, Yeah. Had a great time talking with you love hope you guys all enjoyed this episode if you did make sure to follow us on everything like and review you know the drill let us know if you
1: want some more like research heavy episodes I don't know about you because you are still a college student (laughs) I ate up getting to do some research I have missed this man I love citing my sources I love citing my sources so true make a make a full work cited page honestly (laughs) So, but yeah, let us
0: know if you want us to deep dive into anything else. I I live for this stuff. Give me a deep dive. (laughs) Anyway, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you guys again next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.